Hey everyone, welcome to this week's sermon podcast of Living Word Pretoria East. Here you can listen to our latest weekly sermons for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. Amen. Are you blessed? Wow. It's awesome when God comes and visits us and when His presence is just here. And may that just continue. May that just be poured out on you as we move and as we, as we continue. You guys can put a soft uh, background music for us. And I want to speak on, on, on this morning, where are you looking? Where are you looking? Well, there's, a, there's a way that we need to look at life and the way that we need to do and, and last week we, we spoke on this, don't forget to remember. I said last week, don't forget to remember because looking at God and His faithfulness and that what He has done in our lives and how God has been there, we need to, to get to that place where we remember how far, we said Ebenezer said, how far has God brought us? And that God, not just how far He has brought you, but that He will still take you further, amen? That He has brought us. And, and Peter said this, I need to remind you, although you know the truth, Although you know this, I need to constantly remind you so that you don't forget. I have to stir up something. We said it 2 Peter 1. I think it right. And I'm preaching last week's sermon. I'm just taking a, 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 a takeoff from there. He says, I think it right as long as I'm in this body to stir you up by way of reminder. Since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon. As our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. And that's what he says. I'm soon out of this place. And I want you not to forget what is important. I'm going to stir it up and I'm going to remind you. And we said there's a couple of things that made Peter very focused. And one of it was that his time was near to an end. He said that my time is short. I don't have much time left. And the question I ask is, what are you going to do when you know your time is short? When you don't have much time left? When your time on earth is short, what are you going to do? And I bet you, you're going to do things that really matter. Things that you're going to focus on that actually really matters, isn't it? Things that are really important. And we need to shift our focus to that. And Peter says that, hey, sometimes... We get a problem because we need to focus, but our problem is that we think we've got all the time in the world. We think that there's another day and there's another chance. Pastor Eckhart said it so beautifully. He says, when Pharaoh had the opportunity to stop a plague, he said, tomorrow. How stupid. If you're in need of something, says, I want it now. Now, please. And he says, tomorrow. And we think we have so much time. And that's our problem. Because it helps us not to stay focused. And Peter says, hey, there's certain things I focused on. And, and what is it that we need to focus on? Because what we think about and what we focus on is important. As a man thinks, so he is. And there's a scripture, we're going to put it up, Proverbs 20, uh, 4.25. It says this, 4.25, it says, look or let your eyes look straight ahead. Or look, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. There's a way we need to look. What are you looking at? What, what way are we looking? It says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Let your gaze be before you. That's where it should be. So where are you looking at in your life? What, what are you looking at? Or what, where is your gaze fixed? 
Because Peter, in, in the book of 1 Peter as well, last week we were in 2 Peter, and this week in the book of 1 Peter, he says certain things and he re- reminds us on certain things. He says that, hey, I want you to remain focused in your life and I want you to, do, to go forward in life. Who of you wants to go forward in life? Amen. All right. Some of you, if you don't raise your hand, you want to get started. Nah. Okay. The rest, you want to go forward. But we all want to go forward. And that's what he says. 1 Peter 1 verse 13, he says, Therefore, and we said, if there's a therefore, we need to ask what it's there for. Therefore, he says, prepare your minds for action. I love it. Keep sober in the spirit. Fix your hope. Peter was this action guy. You know, he was quite a busybody. And when you read all this, you know, he will, he will give you the action detail of everything. And he says like, prepare your mind for action. Keep sober, fix this, do this. You know, he's just this, this energetic guy. And what he says is, what do we fix our hope on? What is the hope that we need to fix on? He says this, fix. He says, therefore prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in the spirit. And he says, and fix your hope. Where is it? Fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Christ. He says, fix your hope on a grace. There's a certain grace. And last week he said this in 2 Peter 1 verse 3, he says that, hey, God's divine power has granted us all things that pertains to life and godliness. Everything that we need, His power has given us things that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us into His own glory and excellence. And in, in chapter 1, 1 Peter, he says this, that you have to fix your mind, get it ready for action and fix your hope on the grace that's going to be revealed. So he says, God's power gives you everything that pertains to life and godliness. But life's difficult. Life's challenging, isn't it? Yes. Amen. It's, 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 there's some, we, are, we say it's not difficult. We say it's an adventure. We have some challenges. But he says, now in this fight, fix your mind for action, getting ready, all these. Fix your attitude and your life. Fix your hope that you have on a grace that God gives us, a grace. And let's look at how we fix our lives on this grace. Because the the life we live, isn't it? Our our lives and our walk in, in our Christian walk with God is compared or likened to a race, isn't it? Running a race. Hebrews 12, 1, it says this, then, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So whether you like it or not, you sit in a race. There's a race that's set before you. Whether you like it or not, you have to run this race. You have to go. He says, let us run this race with endurance. And if you know that running, running a race, running your life, you know that running a race, there's a lot of distractions, isn't it? That sometimes when we, when we run a race, there's distractions. And, and Peter was very focused on what he has done in his life. And he encourages us. He says, hey, he tells us we need to become focused in running the race and in what we do. And, and he says, you need to stay on course and you need to remain faithful until the end. And Paul uses the same imagery of running a race in, at the end of his life. 
So Peter writes here at the end of his life and he says, I encourage you, run the race. You have to run. Same with Paul. He comes and he says, I have fought the good fight of faith. Of, of fight, fought the good fight. And I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. So there's certain things that he encourages us. And I've got certain questions for you. Can you run a race very well when you look sideways? Okay, I guess that's a no. Can you run a race effectively? What would happen if you want to run forward, but you look backwards? All right? How long before you trip and you've got a face full of mud? It's going to happen. So there's certain things we need to ask ourselves. And what does they say? What do they say in terms of running the race? All right? When, when your kid go from grade one or grade R, from grade R to grade one, all right? We've been there now twice. And, and that very first day of school, the school makes them, it's athletics, and it makes them run a 60-meter sprint, all right? And we know some of the dads here are very competitive, and they want to run that race, and they want to win it and do all those things. They even have a parent race. The first time they did it, my wife was like, go, go, guys. Like, I've, I'm the endurance guy. Give me 10 Ks, and I'll do that, not the sprint, all right? But when they do this race, they're very young and inexperienced. It's the first time they have to run a race, all right? And they easily get distracted, isn't it? They will line up at the start and they've got this old, tall man standing there with a gun. And he will say something like this. Now on your marks, get ready. Bam! Why are you standing man? All right. And off they go. That sounds like that to them because some of them like Vaughn, our boy, when he was so fascinated with the gun, he didn't run. He's like, he watches the smoke and the gun and all these things. And it's like, run! And it happens. Some starts crying because it's overwhelming and, and others run. But soon as they run and there's someone that's next to them, what happens? They don't look at the end. They suddenly look at this, this chummy next to them and they get engaged with, with them next to them. And then, you know, they start running like in S's or, you know, they don't keep the line. So they just go that side. And, and, and to worsen things, you have, you have grandpa and grandma, mom and daddy, they understand. And they're like, go, go, go. And when they see you, they start waving at you or they run to you. And they're like, go, go, go. It's like, no, no, no. You know, that happens. But now they have to, to get to that place. But as they grow older... Now you must see here yeah, the grade three, grade fours. Now they're getting it. And when they start racing, they start understanding that when I race, I have to stay focused. I have to be focused in what I'm doing and where I'm going. I know that, that if someone draws up alongside of me, don't look at them. It's going to only make me slower. It's going to slow me down. So keep your eyes fixed on where you want to go, isn't it? Finish the race. Get to the destination. You guys can put it a little softer for me. Thank you. Now I wanna, I wanna, I wanna <coughs> just put up an image. You guys can get that uh, that slide ready, because if you look at that today's athletes, you know the professionals in the in the Olympics and so forth, they're very focused. I mean, that's that's for the the title in the Olympics that you want to get. You guys can put that photo up for me. This is a photo from the 100 meter final 2016 uh, in Rio. All right. And, and you can actually see the complete focus on the experts, can't you? Well, most of them, no. <laughs> All right. The other guys. But you see the focus in running this race. And that's what Peter says. 
He says, I want you to fix your hope on a grace that comes at the revelation of Christ. There's a way that you run. When you do this, that's going to keep you to endure until the end. When you fix your hope on a grace that comes by the revelation of Christ, you will be able to endure until the end. So let's talk about that. Thank you. 1 Peter 1, let me read it again. He says, prepare your minds for action. Prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in the spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So what he says is this grace, this grace that you, you threw your whole life on this grace when you got to salvation. That grace that you threw yourself on to get salvation, he says, that same grace will uphold you in this life. That same grace will carry you and that same grace will come to fullness and manifestation and will transform you when Christ comes. That same grace. He says, therefore, we sing it. Amazing grace, isn't it? Was grace that brought me saved thus far and grace will lead me home. Isn't it? And he says this, this grace fix your hope on this grace. Now, now we've got a great hope. If you're born again, if you're safe, we have this great hope and this expectation that actually when we go home, you have an incredible out of this world future for you waiting. Isn't it? You have something waiting for you. In other words, the best is yet to come. It's something greater coming. And this is the thing, the world doesn't know this grace. That's why God says, I want you to remind others about this hope that we've got. Our job is to remind others about the hope that we have. We should share this hope. He says, fix your hope on this grace that will come. And he says, our time is this, that we need to fix our hope, but share this hope. Because when we're young, we've got lots of dreams and aspirations and desires and hopes and all these things, isn't it? But as we go through life, the, the world promises much. But the longer you live and the older you get, it's as if that hope starts to narrow down more to you getting fixed now on, I want to meet Jesus. I want to get to Jesus. You focus on His coming. And that's not to say that you don't have hope in this world anymore because David says something interesting. David is in a place of despair and he says this, I would have despaired if I have not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have despaired. So there was a hope, although I get closer and closer to the end, I have despaired if I not believed that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So there's a hope still in us. But there's a hope that you need to fix. You need to fix your hope on this grace. Why? If you fix your hope on this grace, then Peter says that helps you to stay focused. Like running that race and you need to focus on the end, he says when you fix your hope on this grace, that's going to help you in your life to stay focused. Because how many of you run the race but you stumble? You trip. Same with Lazarus. Jesus speaks to Lazarus. He says, come forth and he trips and he came fifth. All right, stuff happens in our life. Okay, that's not in the Bible. Okay, <clears throat> but stuff happens. We get challenged, we fall, we sin, we, we mess up, we do things. He says, but when you fix your hope on this grace, that's going to help you to stay focused on what we should be focused on. 
And there's a couple of things that he says we need to fix our lives on. One of the things, 2 Corinthians 4, 18, he says, So fix your eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what's unseen is eternal. So he says, fix your eyes. Hebrews 3 says this, Brothers, holy brothers, who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and the high priest. So once it's fix your eyes, fix your thoughts, fix your thoughts. 1 Timothy 6, 17 says, Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies all things to enjoy. So he says you need to fix your eyes. He says that you need to fix your thoughts on Jesus, what He did, who He is, who He soon will be. He says don't fix your hope on the uncertainties. Don't fix your hope on the riches and all these things of the world. He says, but fix your hope on this grace. This grace that will keep you focused. Fix your hope on this grace. And similar to Peter, what he says, how to run this race and fix. I've, I was so blessed when I came across the scripture again, Philippians 3. Look at what Paul says. Paul's running the race <coughs> and he says something like this. He says, not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I was also laid hold of by Christ. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now Paul was an extraordinary man. Clever, brilliant, all right? Incredibly focused. He, he walked the thing. He wasn't looking around to others. He wasn't looking back. He was focused. He was looking at what God had for him. So what would I say? What's going to happen if you run a race and you look sideways? So let's just look at that quickly. Looking, when we look sideways in our lives, because today our lives are filled with looking sideways. This world and this age, we are looking and we're busy watching one another. Why? Mm, one of it's called social media. Mm. And we love looking sideways. And there's a good thing about looking sideways. There's, there's good. When we look at actually caring with a, a wanting eye or caring eye or wanting to help or encourage others, then, then it's good to look sideways. But this sideways looking that I'm speaking about actually is, you know, the, 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 the type of sideways looking of keeping up with the Joneses, isn't it? That they... Preach it. Because we want to see what do they have? Where do they stay? Oh, what they just bought. Okay, what do they have? All those pics that they upload. And, you know, I want that. I wish that was mine. Isn't it? So we're so sideways looking. And you know what happens when, when that thing becomes something in your heart? It, it becomes like a rotten, fested thing that develops. That sideways looking becomes a jealous eye, a jealous looking. Isn't it? Becomes a jealous looking. Look at Saul, King Saul, Samuel 1, Samuel 18. He says, when the men returned home after David killed the Philistine, he killed Goliath. The woman came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with tambourines and lutes. And as they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his, his thousands, David his tens of thousands. 
And Saul was very angry. His, uh, this refrain gulled him. And they've credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me only with thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. You see this sideways looking, if it's not for help, to care, to encourage, it's actually to just see and then it becomes a jealous eye. We see we all have different talents. We all have different gifts, callings, anointings. One day when you walk into heaven, God's going to see what you did with your life. Not what great copy you were of somebody else. He's going to say, I, I called you with a calling. What did you do? And that's what I love. Paul says, I press on to say, or press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of. Can you hear what he says? I press on to lay hold of that which I was laid hold of by Christ. Let me say it again. I press on to lay hold of that which I was laid hold of by Christ. Meaning God created you with a specific purpose and gifts and talents. Christ laid a hold of you. Christ made you a pattern. He designed you and he says, there's a calling, go and fulfill it. And Paul says, I press on to lay a hold of that what my life was laid a hold of by Christ. Christ got a hold of me because he wants to use me. Come on, say that. God wants to use me. God wants to use me. Christ laid a hold of me because he's got a purpose. He's got a destiny. And your focus should be like Paul to lay a hold of that what Christ got a hold of you. Not to look at your neighbor, not to look at this calling, not to look at that great ministry. He says, I press on to lay hold of that what Christ has laid hold of me. You've got, in other words, you've got a mandate that only you can fulfill. Are you fulfilling it? And the thing is, God calls you into a body so that the body can function. Not as a lone ranger. Not as some individual somewhere. He says, we need one another. But he laid hold of you. And I love this. Look at his attitude, his heart. He says, I do not even regard myself as laying hold of it yet. But one thing I do, man. Paul with his whole pedigree says, I don't regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. In other words, I can still do better. I can still, you know, I can still progress. I can still grow a little more. I can still be useful a little bit more, isn't it? He says this. You see, sideways looking is this. Peter has done it. Remember when Peter he comes, he says, what are you going to do with John? Because Jesus comes and he speaks to Peter. He says, Peter, you're going to die for me. You're going to be killed. So he tells him the death that he's going to die. And instead of saying, okay, I'm following what you say, he's like, but what about John? What about John? He says, Lord, what about this man? And the Lord says, if I want him to remain until the end, what is that to you? You follow me. You follow me. You see, we look sideways and we start running like this. Jesus says, that one has got this race. What is that to you? You follow me. Lay hold of that what Christ has laid a hold of on you. Only do what only you can do. There's another way we look back sometimes. 
And Paul didn't compare himself with anybody, but Paul also didn't look back. That's what he says. So I'm pressed for this. Not that I regard that I've laid hold of anything, but he says, what I now do is I forget what lies behind me. As we get older, it gets easier. Ne? We forget to remember sometimes. Maybe it was a bumpy race for you in your life up until now. And that prevented you from being focused. But I want to encourage you to start realigning your focus to run the race on what God has set before you. And it's not to say we shouldn't look back. Last week was the whole thing about looking back for the right reasons. Looking back. Israel's history. Joshua 4.20 says, Those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in the times to come, what, is the, what do these stones mean? He says, Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over. And as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord is mighty, and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So he said, What are these stones? He says, Well, these stones are a marker. It's a reminder, a signpost. It helps you to remember when you look back to see God's faithfulness, to remind yourselves that God was there and He will still be there. Do you have those in your life? Do you have markers? Do you have those stones? Do you have those moments? I've got certain moments and markers in my life that reminds me when I look back. And that's a legitimate looking back. Because they help you to look forward. That looking back reminds you how to look forward. Hudson Taylor, the missionary, said this. He, he had a signboard on his home where it hung. It had two words, Ebenezer and Jehovah Jireh. Now last week we spoke on Ebenezer where, where Samuel put up this rock at Mizpah. And he calls it, calls it Ebenezer. He says, thus far the Lord has helped us. So he had this on his, on his porch. Thus far the Lord has helped us. And Abraham, when he built an altar, he called the altar, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh says, thus far the Lord has helped us. And God will still provide for that which is coming. Come on. Amen. Nils, I'm going to preach for you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> The past helps us just to see God's faithfulness and help us to look forward. So what do you need to leave behind? The things that steals your future. The things that prevent you from the fullness. And it can be anything. The way you think, forgiveness, bitterness, whatever. Let things go. Let things go. Last thing, then we're done. Let's look at the forward focus. Paul wanted to press forward. He says, I see something. All right? He's not going to get distracted. He says, ah, no, I'm going to run until the end. And he says, he's trying to, to be like those. He's not trying to be like those around him. He says, I'm going to focus until the end. Paul, I mean, Paul had all reason to pass, to dwell on past hurts and things. He was beaten he was stoned. He was left for dead. All these things. So many times. Shipwrecked. All these things. He could have sat and sulked. And he says, ah, 
I'm not going to dwell on past hurts. I'm not going to dwell on past events. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to move forward. This is what he says. The, the Amplified says it. Forgetting what lies behind me. Taking that what's ahead of me. The Amplified says this. One thing I do, and this is my one aspiration, is forgetting what lies behind me and straining forward to see what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. There's a reward. There's a prize. And to fix your hope on this grace helps you to stay focused, to run the race. You see, therefore, Paul says, or Peter says, prepare your minds for action. All right? Because if not looking sideways is going to distract us, or if not looking backwards is going to prevent us from going forward, what do we look at? That's Proverbs 4.25. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly in front of you. Fix your gaze before you. Set your eyes on the goal. Fix your heart and your mind on that. You see, Peter says, prepare your mind for action by fixing your hope on the grace. Why? Some of us have been waiting patiently. A bit longer than what we hope for, isn't it? And it becomes difficult. And the word says in Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So when you've endured, it becomes difficult and it makes a heart sick. And therefore, Peter warns us, he says, prepare your mind for action. In other words, what is it? It's going to be a battle. It's going to be difficult. Therefore, prepare your mind for action. Be ready. Because he doesn't want the hope to go down so that it makes your heart sick. He says, no, prepare your mind for action. Be ready for the battle. Keep sober and alert in running this race. And then fix your hope on this grace set before you. He says, this hope, which is an anchor for your soul. Let this be the hope that you fix on. Come on, let's close our eyes. There's something that I just want to leave with you this morning. About letting your eyes gaze forward. Let your, let your eyes look straight ahead. What is it that God is putting in your heart? What do you believe God called you for? If you could do certain things and it didn't depend on monthly income or your living, what is it that you will do? What is it that gives you this kick? This, this sense of destiny and this sense of purpose and this sense of life. What is it that God puts in your heart? If you know what that is, then it's easy. Start doing that. Start doing that. Start running the race. Lay hold of that which Christ has laid a hold of on you. If I can just leave that idea with you this morning. Christ gave his life. He laid a hold of you for a specific purpose and a destiny. And in the same heart and matter, may you lay hold of that. Not looking sideways, not looking backwards, but looking forward to run the race until the end. 
Holy Spirit, I pray this morning that as we had such a powerful time in your presence, as there was such a blow of your wind and your spirit in our lives this morning, an impartation, that we will lay hold of that what God laid hold of on us by Christ. Forgive us for comparing. Forgive us for looking sideways. Father, forgive us that for some, it even became a jealous eye. Cleanse us from this. Come on, let the Holy Spirit wash you. Cleanse us from this, Father. And Father, there where some have this desire to move forward, but there's so many hurdles and things and hurts keeping us back, unforgiveness, bitterness, things of how can I let this go? Oh Lord, let us go. Let us let it go. Let us forget what lies behind us. And let us take hold of that which is before us. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when you fix your eyes straight ahead and you fix your gaze before you, it's a grace that will sustain you and a grace that will carry you until you cross that finish line. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you just work in every heart this morning. We know that you are with us, that we are not alone. When we look backwards, let it be only for one reason, to remind us of your faithfulness and to set this hope for the future. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We love you. We honor you. Thank you, Lord, that you don't leave us as we are, but you walk with us so that we can be transformed from glory to glory. And that's what I bless you with this morning, that you will know the fullness of the Father, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, His presence and how He's with you. And that is there step by step directing your steps and that you will endure by the grace that's been given to you and that you will run the race. And this morning that you will throw off all the, the baggage, the sins and the burdens which makes this race heavy. That you will not carry it with you but that you will lighten the load and that you will run for His glory. Amen. 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 If some of you need ministry around this or anything else, we're ready to serve you. We love you. We bless you. Remember, we're going to baptize. So the guys is going to get baptized. You can get dressed. You can get ready. And uh, let's just fellowship. As Pastor Anzel said, what you started with, let's continue. And let's just fellowship and build relationships. This is our heart, that there's meaningful relationships. That when we look at one another, we know that we've got one another, that we love one another. Amen. So be blessed and go this week in the grace of God. We love you. And uh, I organize tomorrow that you've got a day off. So enjoy it and just relax a bit. All right. We love you much. Be blessed. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, go visit our website on lwpe.co.za. You are formed to function, so let's build.